Matt really has us reading erotica. Oh my God. Oh, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a Culture Inject production. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to Part of Us, an In Vogue fan cast. We are back for another episode. Before we jump in, we hey. want to make sure that you are following us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Invoke Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email. Write, write to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. And please, 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 please leave us a rating and a review if you're enjoying this podcast. One of our listeners uh, had one of, had this to say recently about the podcast. Hi, guys. I just wanted to quickly take the time and thank you for all the work you put into this podcast, from the research to the planning, recording and editing. Great job to everyone involved. Also, I'd like to specifically point out the first episode of this season, season three. The overall episode was probably my favorite so far because it was interesting, positive, and a lot of fun. You guys have good chemistry, and the editing brings out the very best of that. There were a couple of times I literally laughed out loud. Thanks, guys, and keep it up. <laughs> and that is for uh, that's from Laureen. Hey, Laureen. Laureen, thank you so much for those beautiful words. Oh my thank gosh. you, Laureen. We also have a letter from A.W. Also followed up with his last email where he spoke about an EV compilation album with a track listing for his own covers album for the ladies. He says, OK, guys, homework submitted and no copying. Do your own homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, if Brother Justice is the fifth podcast, then I am the sixth honorary member to the fan cast. Like Amanda. Oop. Uh, if it was EV6. <laughs> but that means you don't exist. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oop. You cannot uh, erase her uh, contributions now. But, I mean, uh, he says, you I, can't erase them, but you can't see them either. You have to, <laughs> unless you have like a high power oh microscope. God. Oh my God. <laughs> Shade. Okay. W, pick another. Maybe be, you know, like um, Sheila Eldridge or somebody. Like not. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I don't know if we have the the sound effects of the RuPaul's Drag Race shade rattle. The <laughs> we could use that right about there, okay? Uh, so AW says, I just stopped by to lay some tracks and keep it moving because this is too much work. So here are a few submissions. Respect Yourself by the Staple Singers, Ball mm. of Confusion by the Temptations, Heartbeat by Tanya Gardner, Computer Happy. Love by Roger and Zab and Sugar Free by MTUME and Tume Tume <laughs> you know for- y'all know Juicy Fruit Juicy y'all know Fruit. Tume okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, the list actually continues there's Grandma's Hands by Bill Withers mm-hmm. I like when Black Streets you now flipped it and did uh, No Diggity Sweet November Rain by Guns N' Roses. And as we all know, November is the best month of the year. So I I like that pick. Mr. Gay by Tina Marie. Candy by Cameo. Everyday People by Sly Stone. Oh, there's more. Just Be Good to Me. It's Ain't by Loose Ends. But isn't that um, the SOS band, uh, AW? Are you sure it's Loose Ends? Or maybe it's... Yeah, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced that. I believe it was for 
the SOS band, right? Because that lady's voice yeah. sounds just like the one who was like, mm. you know, you got to slow down. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but maybe Loose Ends does have a song called Just Be Good To Me, and it's not the one we're thinking of. But um, anyway, um, you got the you got the love by Rufus slash Shaka. Nights Over Egypt by the Jones Girls. Okay, okay. And it isn't, it wasn't, it ain't never gonna be. Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, that duet. All right, it isn't, like it wasn't. Oh, wait, but there's more, though. Um, okay, so Love Changes by Kashif, who, interestingly enough, we discussed, like, Terry was actually, you know, going to be in a group that he was producing, and we don't really know what happened. Oh. Even more. So we've got Sign of the Times by Prince. We've got Cheating in the Next Room by Johnny Taylor. A little old bitty, what is this? Peasant Country Place uh, by Dolly Parton. Um, ooh, Black Butterfly by Denise Williams and Good Love by Incognito. Uh, this is one long album. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so AW continues and says, unlike y'all, I tend to appreciate more of the voices, the visuals, the videos, the music and the moves than who did what the wares and dressed them gals or rather ladies. Uh, okay. then <laughs> listen, I'm reading like it's like it's there. Shake the table, then okay. <laughs> then too, like y'all, I sit back and be in La La Land with what I would do with the voices of Ev at the conductor stand. I appreciate the female voice, and Ev has a rack of them. We super fans have way too much idle fandom time on our imaginative minds. As always, I enjoy the banter and I will sit back and watch the show. Snoop Dogg or <laughs> your little dog. Hey. Champ. JP and M. Well, thank you for the review. We appreciate that. How are you going to do Josh like that? Josh is the Beyonce All of right. the group. Uh, Not in them. A... Wait, I just called that. <laughs> Not everybody got a call out but me. Okay, who is this again? Um, a- oh, AW. Okay, we'll see if your letters make it onto the future fan cast. <laughs> But <laughs> wait a minute. Um, Matan says AW did his homework and provided the track listing. There, I believe there were a few songs you were supposed to go and listen to and give your thoughts on that you hadn't heard before. Oh, you know what? I did. I did. I, um, I did some of them. I looked at the three degrees, if and when. Oh, And yes. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed that song. And uh, it was so interesting to me because, you know, like I could tell it's the 70s, but they had like the sparkly dresses, which are very supreme. And so when we were talking about, oh, it was me who was like, well, I don't really know their stuff too much. Um, And you were like, they probably got overshadowed by the Supremes. And Mm -hmm. I think that might be why, because like sparkly long gown is so Supremes. Maybe and maybe they did. But just in that particular performance and all the other ones I've seen, it's like they're very beautiful women. They have the big hair, which maybe Supremes, you know, was never that long. But like the silhouette is too Supremes. Like they, they maybe should have, you know, did something a little bit differently, kind of like how Donna did with the fringe and all that stuff down the summer. I mean, but I really enjoyed the song and I didn't think, you know, I didn't think they were going to sound as good as they did. And I loved it. It was like about 11 people in the band behind them. Like, I just love a good <laughs> band. And I also listened to, it wasn't any of y'all's picks, but it was Bromello's. Absolutely not. And I just thought that song was a hoot. I don't know how I missed it. Like, it definitely sounded like 2001. When she was like, should I wear a shirt skirt? Absolutely not. Like, I don't know. I really don't know what it was about, but... 
any song where it's just like absolutely not like that's one of my favorite phrases and so I actually would like them to do it and just like really just like just like maybe even like take it up like as it ends like they're just screaming absolutely not just all kind of random stuff like should I buy this at the grocery store absolutely not you know <laughs> do you want to buy my food stamps absolutely not I don't know just but I like I like I like I like that song and I probably listened to a couple of other ones um I still need to listen to All Saints. I still need to listen to Sugar Babes. Like, there were some that, um, you know, I have to go back and actually write them down because I couldn't remember all of the titles. But I did like the songs that, uh, you know, you, uh, you all, like, they're, 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 you had no duds, no duds at all. Well, hopefully the ladies will um, take heed and give us the covers album that we deserve. Because it don't seem like we get anything new when it's time to <laughs> uh, be hopeful <laughs> <laughs> well uh, so what else is new you guys what have you been up to since we last chatted well we must name that we're missing champ this this episode so shout out yes. to champ who is booked and busy and all the good things so we miss booked champ booked and busy yes 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 and really I mean like he saying I know this isn't a secret he sang um at Brisha Webb's wedding and mm-hmm. I just thought that you know like he's just really doing good so we're all so proud of him he's the international superstar uh champ um like yes. I saw Kelly Rowland was there like there was some yeah I mean that's the only one I it was a my head. gorgeous wedding oh yeah the Wayans were there Lonnie Love so he's rubbing shoulders and just doing it big. So we're so proud of him. And we miss you on this episode. But um, me, you know, I've just been on the grind, you know, plotting on some stuff, getting my summer concert list together. But everybody's going on tour. So I'm just like, oh, my God, like I have to kind of pick and choose. And then some people you can't even pick and choose because like once they announce it is sold out, the resellers are selling the tickets for thousands of dollars. So it's like, you know what? OK, yeah. Um but in Vogue, I try to see them every year just because they're my favorite act. And I saw that they are um, supposed to be playing with Charlie Wilson, but it's not confirmed. It's at the Hollywood Bowl, which is like one of my favorite venues in Los Angeles. Ooh. But yeah, like when they released the schedule, they didn't name them. So I'm just kind of like, do I buy the tickets? Because like, what if something changes? Because like, I've seen it in articles, but the Hollywood Bowl hasn't announced it. So they're, of course, like I, I try to see them once every year. I see Depeche Mode in March. And then I'm thinking like, should I see Metallica? They'll be at SoFi in August. Should I see, you know, um, like who this, everybody's on tour. Brian Adams, you know, like all of these people that I really, 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 really want to see. Because like now, you know, you just don't know how much longer they'll be here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I hate yeah. to say it like that, but you know, like the, you know, the people that have been around since the eighties and even before that. So that's like, as far as just like, you know, um, recreational stuff, that's what I've been up to trying to curate my summer. Well, speaking of concerts, I was privileged enough to get my tickets to the Renaissance tour. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which show are you going to? I'm going to see her in Chicago on Ooh. that Saturday. It was her. Beyonce. (laughs) 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 So I will be there. And also, that's not that's not all. I have 
meet and greet tickets to see Janet Jackson. Uh oh. So if you hear about an incident in Virginia Beach um, at a concert <laughs> because a fan has passed out and had to be carried away, it's more than likely going to be me. That's funny. <laughs> because I am going to finally meet Janet Jackson. I am. That is so exciting. Tickled. I'm sure you've seen her in concert before, right? Yeah, I've been. It's like my fourth or fifth time seeing her in concert. So I am right. so jealous because I'm I'm gonna go see Janet as well in Chicago. So we're going to see different shows in Chicago. That's <laughs> um, like you flying out. Yeah, I I tend to like at this point I've seen Janet quite a few times and my best friend and I we tend to uh travel to go see Janet like so whenever she's on tour we pick a city that we've never been before we haven't been to in a long time we go see Janet there so I've seen her in like Toronto in um New Orleans uh obviously DC uh Charlotte I've seen her in a lot of different places but um so yeah I think this is like this is a concert year it seems like everybody's got their tickets because I'm trying to figure out this, these Renaissance tickets. I'm not sure. I'm. I, I want to be a good fan, but ooh, my bank account, my bank account, my bank account. So well, those things like Ticketmaster. Well, you know what? Let me just say. Let me not name you know specific entities, but I'll just say like these ticketing agencies. They're doing way too much with the percentage of the fees being based on the price of the ticket and all this stuff. Like it's just price gouging yep. and highway robbery, and then the resellers. Like it's just really almost like um kind of racketeering or just it's just wrong how they do like the buying public i don't like that so it's you know like and i think that's one thing i like i'm not a big prince fan musically but i do like how when he did those concerts back in 2000 and i don't even remember when it was but it's basically like he was saying that just tickets are too expensive like you should be able to take all your children to a show you shouldn't it's like tickets should not be like thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars to see somebody in concert it's ridiculous I agree so, with that because um, I, I, I was thinking that like, you know, I mean, the tickets I got were, they weren't so bad, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm on the floor, so I mean, it is what it is, but I, I do think it's, it's so you sad. you spent about a thousand dollars. It was less than a thousand, but I feel like more it's More than just, 500. Yes, it was more than 500. <laughs> 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 but I think it's just so bad though that I feel like as an if I were an artist I would never want my fans to have to decide between paying my bills and buying a ticket to my show you know what I'm saying yeah. like I get it as an artist you have to make your coin because touring yeah. is hard work like Michael Jackson said I hate to tour I really don't <laughs> he said I really don't like it I don't I make it sound nice but I don't like it okay <laughs> so I can I respect the grind of it and, and it's but, expensive to tour. It's expensive, but when mm-hmm. you're at a stadium that seats, you know, 25,000 people, I think you should definitely have some seats under $100 for those fans who, you know, just can't afford, who want to be in the building, who want to be a part of that moment, but don't have, you know, the coins to even spend $200 for, you know, the cheapest tickets, you know? Like, I, re- I know, like, at um, Virginia Beach, um, at the place that janet's gonna be at there's like a lawn seat it's like a, it's an arena size venue but they have like the lawn tickets and those are usually like 75 bucks or lower back there and on some shows they're like 25 dollars so i don't know i just and the last time i saw beyonce in concert it was in virginia beach but it was for destiny's child and we, we went last minute and we got like the lawn tickets and it was like 25 bucks and i don't know i just think i hope artists 
don't think that they have to compete with each other and who has the most expensive ticket who is making their fans go broke the most i hope they really think about their fans and think about you know making sure something is reasonably reasonably priced we don't want to wait until we don't want to wait until y'all are 60 to go see you we don't want to wait till right. you're 60 and the tickets are $25. Right, down you know, to the state fair. Right, <laughs> you know, we, we want to see you in your prime and we also want to, you know, not go broke doing it. Because seeing what some people are having to do for tickets and opening up charge cards and all of that, that is a lot. You know what's gonna get these folks is this Klarna stuff. People, yes. people like yes. paying on 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 layaway for their tickets or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> and like people, y'all gotta be careful with that because for a long time I don't believe they were Klarna was reporting to the credit bureau, but now I I heard they've switched the rules, and so you gotta make sure you on top of your payments. Yeah. Anytime um, you gotta give your social, baby. It's all <laughs> <for the> bureaus. <laughs> okay. Ooh. So. I feel y'all on all of that. Um, well, like got- my first. T- oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, like, well, I just said this really quick because, like, you mentioned that, like, I remember my first big concert was Janet Jackson "Offer You" back in 2001, mm-hmm. and I remember I went at the last minute and I got like a $75 ticket. I was in the nosebleeds, and I mean, it's well, just at a least you in the building, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was in the building with you, but less than a hundred dollars. So, like, I, like I just agree with um, you know, all of what you said, and you know, now we can transition into some some dirt. Well, <laughs> ooh, we. Well, it's it's no dirt. It's just you know, we hear that uh, DT's got a new client, part of us listener ooh. and one time guest. DT is now Don Robinson's lawyer. Well, maybe. We reached out to DT about his new gig, and this is what he had to say. And I quote, Long story short, it would not be accurate to say that I am Don's attorney. I am an attorney who has recently been in touch with Don, but I am not her attorney. If that makes sense. End quote. So The semantics. <laughs> so what do you make of that? Do we think Don reached out to him after listening to our episode with DT? Did he approach Don? You know, what do we think? I think that I actually think she approached him. I do think she listens to our podcast. I, you know, I mean, it's known like she has been trying to start a YouTube channel for a while. So Don, you really should just come on to our podcast or we could come on to yours. If you, you know, that's what you plan to use YouTube for, or we can cross promote. We'll make it happen for you. But I, I, I'm, I would wager to say that she reached out to DT because he was, um, he did his best to defend her, reasonings and her the actions that she took even though if you remember that episode he didn't seem to know that she left because she didn't want to promote EV3 for two years he was saying that he had never heard that um, so it wasn't about the alleged two pennies. He didn't know that the renegotiations were finished. Um, but I guess maybe, you know, he impressed her with his fealty to her. And so she reached out to him and then allegedly, he, allegedly, this is all, this is all alleged. It's this is all speculative. It's friends. all speculative. <laughs> uh huh. 
And so then I was speculating that she reached out to him. And then, you know, he was like, oh, you know, I have this event coming up. There's a winter formal or something like that. And then they went out on the town and had a great jolly old time. And then started plotting on us. I kind of love it. I love a twist. I love a plot twist. And I was mm-hmm. gagged. When I saw it, I was gagged. <laughs> so um, go off, DT. I know that's right. Get your uh, get your uh, high-profile clients, okay? Um, so I'm not mad at it. And, you know, I'm not sure what Dawn's up to. I hope she doesn't need an attorney for the wrong reasons. Hopefully it's for <laughs> all wonderful, good, lucrative things to come. Um, maybe even one day part of this, you know, maybe another reunion of sorts. We just need all of our legal representation at the table. I don't know what's giving, but, um, it certainly was a twist. So, uh, cause that episode wasn't that long ago. So, you know, it's not like, and you know, uh, that episode has like, it's our most popular episode. I want to say like, if we don't count. Which I don't. I don't count the the uh, like kind of the clip of us talking about the movie because I knew that was going to get a lot, and it's not an actual mm. episode. It was like um, Matt kind of snipped it, so that one has like hit over a thousand. Uh, and then of course there's like the um, like the kind of like the visual shorts of um, my picks, Champs picks, and Josh's picks, and Champs and Josh's. Those are both over a thousand. But um, the actual one, the actual episode that's like went across all platforms on YouTube alone like uh, Don and Max Strike Back that's that's approaching a thousand so the most popular one previously was the I think the the spotlight on Don from season one and now Don and Max Strike Back has already passed that so I'm like so what I'm hearing is that Don brings the viewers in the listeners in which she brings the viewers because she brings the drama (laughs) 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 she brings the drama and so that's why when people are like y'all do too much with her it's like I don't think so like if you know like me and like if I love somebody like it's how how I love you and so because I love you so much I feel like I can kind of poke at you a little bit and be like you know JP you know like I want to do that like if I didn't you know um really care for someone so so you love Don like I'm I'm hearing I do love Don like she's a part of my favorite group like I have been a fan since I was like you know and you probably well no I was in school but like I was very young and I've been with the craze since like you know dial up internet so I've been rooting for all of them really I just think she my thing with her is that there's some kind of she to me sabotages herself in a lot of ways and also the group by extension and so I think people who kind of coddle her like they're not going to get to the root of the problem because if you're like oh yeah you're the only reason why they're successful and you're kind of boosting somebody's ego and not addressing like well you know maybe if you do this differently then you just kind of like a yes person and I'm not a yes person and I think that goes for everybody like every member like I can say well I don't like when that person did this I think I'm fair but like she, when she's saying certain things like it's kind of fun like when you're saying I, I wrote a book the ghostwriter you know he's knocking it out the ghostwriter is knocking it out mm-hmm, yeah like he's just getting it done so quickly and I asked where the book is like <laughs> well where's the book I don't know why people are acting like I'm saying something inflammatory all I asked was where the book is it was your tone we didn't like your tone we didn't like the, <laughs> we didn't like the connotation <laughs> behind how you said it greatness takes time 
Uh, well, I'm, I'll be waiting for Moving that greatness. On. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know, well, we hope to have DT on again soon um, this season. So maybe he'll share what he can with us. I know all of but that. But wait a minute. Yes. You're the personal defender. How do you feel? Like, you know, that, you know, like I she mean, went and retained <sighs> I think everyone should have a good lawyer on on call. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really have any feelings. I don't. The only thing I want to hear is that she has joined the ladies, and we're gonna get what we deserve. You know, D- DT looks like uh, Thomas McElroy. DT is kind of cute. I was like, oh, I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, come on, a, 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 a fan cast love connection. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Where's Chef Woolery? Okay, that nice smile. I like teeth. Okay, go on. Uh, uh, and, and y'all both love Dawn. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Oh, but wait, since we're also since we're talking about, you know, what's trending, did you guys see that Invoke was going to be on the Soul Train cruise for 2024? No, I saw that. Have they posted about this on theirs? Um, on their socials? Oh, yeah. I, I see it. Oh, okay. January 27th through February 3rd, 2024. Get your tickets. It looks like it's about $3,000 per person. I won't be in attendance. But, but it's they stay I, booked, honey. They stay booked, and I like that it's in bulk and friends. Um, when I saw that, that made me happy because it's like you know, a lot of times it's you know, like they're how we talked about in the last episode, the lovers and friends, how they're in like that the the last box all the way in the corner in small font. So it's nice to kind of see them like headlining an event. Um, so I think their management did good in that regard. Boys to men, we talked about how you know they're equal to boys to men. Josh specifically well, said that. And Matan, I don't think they are. Well, I was just gonna so say who, who um, you think is who you think is is, is above who. So well, boys to men sell more records. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, I think what they did quite cleverly is they um, they more or less designed versions of the flyer for each person, for each yeah. person that ma- like oh. made them appear as though they're like to, of, of they're of the most importance which makes sense because you're going to circulate it to your fan base so like I'm looking at the one that Tower of Power posted and they're at the top of it um, oh, okay. I'm a fool one shame on me <laughs> and it's a lot of folks it's uh tower of power boys to men temptations invoke stephanie mills uh war rose royce manhattans dramatics melbourne moore the miracles it's a lot of folks now where is melbourne moore and the miracles <laughs> what they singing i mean no shade i like melbourne moore this is it but i mean after one or two songs i mean i guess <laughs> Oh, then I'm not going. Then I was thinking it was like they—they were actually headlining the cruise. So, um, but no. I think I think I think the headliners would be like In Vogue, Boyz II Men, and Stephanie Mills. Like out of everyone, those seem I think so too. The most relevant. I mean, the Temptations, God bless, but I think there's only one original member left. So, yeah, you know, I don't think. And then I saw the Miracles. I was like, is that the Smokey Robinson Miracles or some kind of new Miracles that I've never heard of? It's supposed um, to be the, the the old Motown one, but again, no one from the original group. But I can't pay three thousand and some change uh, 
to get on this cruise. But that's a cruise, concerts, and a vacation. Like, if they're going to... I mean, that's nice, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's just not my demographic. Like, I think this one is skewing a little bit older. So, like, boys to men and then Vogue are, like, the most current of all of those people. I mean, not even Mm -hmm. current, like, the most recent, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now we're getting back to, like, the 50s. I think the miracles came... I mean... The actual 60s, miracles. I don't know which one these are. You know, it's gonna be a, a lot, lot of, of off-key singing. Okay, that's the thing about cruises, though, right? Like that's the that is the primary demographic for cruises. And then you gonna make it a Soul Train cruise too? I go on cruises. Baby. My family goes on cruises. All Carnival cruises be lit. They got a club. <laughs> they have a club at the Carnival cruise, and they be playing the best of the two thousands. And <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about, though. That's what, that's. And it's a little bit of everybody in there. It's a little bit of everybody in there. And I don't want to be dancing next to a little bit of everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel uh-uh. you. Especially not for six days or however many days that is. No, thank you. So I definitely, I'm not, a, I don't even, I've never been on a cruise. Like, I hate to be in transit and specifically in transit on water just because, like, I would just, you know, um, well, I don't want to put it out there, but I just have thoughts that, you know, would just make me nervous. But, but good luck to them on that. I'm just so mad I was duped into thinking like it was actually like they were the headliners. <laughs> you thought they were going to be helicoptered in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Diana Ross at the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, so this week's episode is titled Tea Time with the Diva, Cameos and Mentions in Media. We're going to discuss in vogue in various media, novels, film, television, and music. This is part one because we couldn't fit everything into one episode. So a second part will follow sometime later in this season. So today we're going to start with novels that Invoke has been name dropped in, which you might actually not realize that there are quite a few of. So Eric Jerome Dickey was an author who wrote several romance and crime novels. Two of his novels, Friends and Lovers and Cheaters, were turned into touring productions. Sister, Sister, Friends and Lovers, and uh, Milk and My Coffee and Cheaters, as well as Liar's Game, each reached number one on the Blackboard bestsellers list. Cheaters was named Blackboard Book of the Year in 2000. Liar's Game, Thieves Paradise, The Other Woman, and Genevieve have also given Dickey the added distinction of being nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Literary Work in 2001, 2002, 2004, and 2005. In 2013, he received the READ, the Reed Award, on behalf of the National Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP. We need to get the Reed Award. We be the main one reading everybody. <laughs> it's a different kind of Reed Award. Oh. Um, uh, but um, sadly, on January the 3rd, 2021, uh, he died of cancer in Los Angeles, California at the early age of 59. Uh, Eric Jerome Dickey was a self-proclaimed admirer of, of In Vogue. His admiration for In Vogue is seen in his numerous mentions of the group in his novels. So before we jump in and start to discuss maybe some of the places and uh, ways in which In Vogue pops up in his novels, have any of you read any of his books? No, I only read British literature from the Victorian <laughs> era. And now y'all see why I was surprised he liked Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> yes i have read several of his books i have a couple of them they're very uh scandalous and sensual and all those things i too have read some of them i actually remember i think between 
Eric Jerome Dickey, Omar Tyree, and I guess, yeah, definitely Sister Soldier. I feel like people were passing around, like, because the early 2000s, I was, I guess, in high school, but definitely, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. It was at middle school, high school, and I probably shouldn't have been reading them things. We would pass them around. Somebody would get their mama's <laughs> copy of it, and we would pass it around and read all the adult uh, adult fiction. So, yeah, there's, like... A staple, a staple, I think, specifically in the black literature sort of world. But um, he was still actively, I think, writing all the way up until his passing. So um, and he had actually done a crossover. What people don't realize is he actually did a crossover and wrote the a comic for Marvel about Storm. Like there was a Storm book that comic book that they had done, like a special. And he wrote the entirety of it. So he sort of had his hand in a lot of different places. Oh, that's so cool to know. I love yep. Storm. She's probably one of my favorite uh, superheroes. I remember, I think I was in, yeah, I was an undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill and he had come to, um, he had come to do a book signing. And so for the Storm book and also for Ple- uh, Pleasure had just come out. And so um, I went and bought both of them. And he, I think I still have the copy of Storm somewhere um, that he had signed. And I told him, I was funny. It was funny. I told him where I was from and it was like the middle of nowhere. And he was like, I'm going to put that in my book. I, I actually don't know if he ever put it in a book, but maybe I should go look now. So anywho. Um, <laughs> so first up in terms of cameos in literature was Liar's Game. So this is an excerpt from Liar's Game by Eric Jerome Dickey. And it's actually the first sentence that's written in the novel. I was making love to En Vogue. Not the group, but one majestic woman in a royal blue negligee. She had Cindy's intelligent smile, Maxine's sexy disposition, Terry's womanly grace. Her negligee slipped off her shoulders, slid down across her breasts. Inside her moan, she sang my name and inched me toward her warm soul. Oh, well, somebody likes a trio. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait wait a minute, Eric. When did this book come out? <laughs> this obviously someone missing. Um, sorry about it. Sorry wait, about this it. Was, wait, this, this if this was liar's game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is <laughs> wait. Let me get the let me go to this bibliography because I just want to make sure. See, Don might not have been in the book in the group at that time, but he still could have said her name. Oh yeah, see, know, it was two thousand. It was came that came out in two thousand, so he was just so he chopped her. He was just <laughs> um, chopped. <laughs> he was just keeping it true to real life as a good author does. You see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But look, at, get into the erotica inside her moan. She sang my name. <laughs> like, what is this? Okay, y'all were reading. Ooh, see, y'all was nasty. That y'all was reading this nastiness. I was reading, you know, uh, you know, a middle Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Friends and Lovers, that's the best book. I that's the book I read that was very um sensual. It was very. It was a lot. But he says, I moved my body like sex was going out of style, exercised my powers and made him my fantasy. I had lost control, but like in Vogue sang, I had the right to lose control and I was exercising that right. I rocked back and forth and forth and back and felt him swell inside me. I heard myself let out some sounds of well, <laughs> some words that told him how much I really admired him. 
Well, oh my lord. Y'all see why I was at the gym reading that book and I was like, um, this is a lot for um for public the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a that lot. That really has us reading erotica. Oh my god. <laughs> and also in milk in my coffee, he says I But had- wait a minute. JP, now what year was Friends and Lovers? It had to be, let's see, Friends and Lovers. Uh, that came out in 97. Okay. Oh, right. so he, okay. So he's kind of matching, his references are very specific mm-hmm. to the time. So he's not mm-hmm. like, okay, I appreciate that. Now in Milk and My Coffee, it says, I had hoped she had a roommate, but she lived by herself. That made me nervous. I stepped over a few CDs that were scattered at the base of her stereo. Harry Connick, Jr., In Vogue, Diane Scher, The Fugees, Bonnie Raitt, Atlantis Morissette. That one wasn't as juicy. (laughs) 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 But we love an eclectic musical taste. uh, So, you know, we got a little bit of everybody in the references. I love Bonnie Raitt. Um, You know, she's a Scorpio and she just won like one of the big... For Song of the you know, year. categories of the Grammys mm-hmm. in her 70s. So that's that that's that's Scorpio longevity. But I'm um, okay, so I'm good. <laughs> I don't have any erotica to read, so I'm very happy. So <laughs> Naughty are nice, a novel, a holiday novel. Nat King Cole's classic holiday offering goes off as in vogue comes on singing a funk-defied version of Silent Night. As you can see, Eric Jerome Dickey was quite the fan of the ladies. May he rest in peace and may anyone who reads his stuff, you know, get to the good parts and, you know, (laughs) get a little, you know, get a little glass of wine, you know, if you don't have anything to do, you don't have a date that night and just sit and read and... Don't read it in the gym. That's all I can say. But rest in peace, uh, Eric Jerome Dickey. Yeah. Rest in peace. Happy Black History Month. Yes, Black History Facts. Okay. So we're going to move now to In Vogue on the TV screen. So first up is In Vogue on Fox. So In Vogue acted as hosts, introducing the evening lineup of shows, which included Married with Children, In Living Color, and Rock. It's In Vogue on Fox. What's up next? We're on again. No way, you're kidding. No, we are. We're guests starring on Rock. And Rock's little brother, Joey, is going to fall in love with me. No. No, wait, no. Hold it. Don't go giving the whole thing away now. Stay tuned for an awkward episode of Rock Rise. Starring May. In Vogue. In Vogue. Whichever one of us it is, I hope he can handle it. It's me. Yeah, but, oh, he can handle that. It's me. But it's gotta be me. Oh, what a time. What a time. What a time. Um, they also made an appearance in the aforementioned series in Living Color, playing themselves and trying to get rid of Wanda, played by Jamie Foxx, after she breaks into the group's hotel room. Wanda? Girl, yes, it's me in the flush. You know this thing? Excuse me, it's Miss Thing to you. Not only do I know them, but we all started out together. Because I used to be that Corey Griffiny. You know, when I was, I was getting all that, you know, getting all that dance steps together. How you doing, girl? You look good. Uh, listen, Wombat, Wolverine, whoever you are, you got to do your Wait a minute. Wanda's not lying. She really did used to be a part of this group. See there? See there? You don't even know. See, because, no, because, see, we started out, you know, hold on to your love. See, we started out. I wrote that because it used to be called, it used to be called, hold on to your hot, sweaty monkey love. <laughs> Why y'all 
been dissing me though, cause you know when y'all was leaving to go to Philly, you know, on the bus, I was trying to catch up with y'all. Y'all was in the street, y'all almost ran over me. Wonder that was you? That sure enough was. It was his fault. Yeah, he told us that he almost ran over this, this coyote in a big blue dress. Did you guys watch this EV event on Fox when it aired back in 1992? And what did you think of their acting? What appearance appearance did you prefer? I loved In Living Color. I thought it was so funny. I remember that, like, we were watching Living Color, and then everyone at school the next day would, would just be talking about it. But I also like Rock, too, because they were on Rock for, like, several episodes. And mm-hmm. they sang the theme song. Mm-hmm. I would say In Love and Color just because it's iconic. Like, that show was one of the few that I could watch because um, my mother was very strict. She, you know, like, it was like, you know, no television during the week. Like, but for some reason, I don't, like, so I'm always wondering, like, was I watching it in syndication? Did I see it when it actually aired? But there were some nights, maybe it wasn't a school night. Um, this particular one, I remember watching it as it happened and I just remember it just being the most hilarious thing. Like, of course, this was before, you know, Jamie Foxx was Jamie Foxx. This was before, like, you know, Jennifer Lopez was Jennifer Lopez because I think in that episode, like, they danced to It Ain't Over to the Fat Lady Sing, the Fly Girls, I mean. Um, so it's just like, before it was even iconic, it was just hilarious and now it's kind of become iconic, like... <laughs> ugly Wanda mm-hmm. wanting to be the uh, you know the uh, the fifth member of In Vogue like and now that <laughs> that man is an Oscar winner like it's just incredible but it was just hilarious like the choreography and just Wanda like we talk about vibe like Wanda was a vibe now who was first was it Wanda or Shanene? Ooh, that's a good question. You said what? Um, they were both vibes. Wanda Shanene. Which like, one was first, first? Wanda? Sh- I feel like it was Wanda. Yeah, I think Wanda came first. Yeah, like, you know, like that kind of, well, I don't want to say round the way girl, but like maybe just like kind of the hood booger girl, like kind of like that lexicon, like putting that in, you know, like just the, oh my goodness and the, all of that, like, like they kind of pioneered that, which for better or for worse, like, um, I'm saying this with no judgment. Maybe some people will be offended by that. Maybe people will find it offensive now, you know, because everybody, you know, looks at things with a different lens, but just then, um, it was just hilarious and like you could kind of see who the actress like the interesting thing to me about the Eleven Color clip was like you could kind of see like Cindy is the actress um, and she's also kind of like the den mother because I think at some point I think um, like Wanda asked them something and everyone said yes but Donna said no and like Cindy gives Donna this kind of look because I guess like Donna wasn't supposed to say no so it's just a lot in there because it's live you know that they're, right. they're acting a lot in front of a live studio audience yeah I loved um, I think the live, In Living Color appearance is really great I also like watched the clips of them hosting and that was um it was just really fun. They looked great. They looked so mm-hmm. good. They had like these different color vests on. It was kind of casual. But like, I always think that we f- sometimes fail to realize how personality driven they were. Like, mm-hmm. they could really like show each of their sort of like fun sides on, even on like television, even in scripted things. And so I think the, like the, the hosting moments, I think are really fun because they sort of show, you know, that the ladies are not just people who, like, they're, they just don't just sing. They actually have, you know, real capabilities to just be, like, personalities on TV. So, um, I liked it. I thought it was great. 
And I think maybe a lot of people would attribute their um, sophistication to them being a little older than the, you know, the other groups that came out after them, but who are still kind of their contemporaries. But just, you know, with the years going by, like it wasn't just their age, like they really just had like this kind of innate sophistication this innate um, ability to connect with their audience, like an innate ability to just, you know, kind of, you know, expand and be warm and be funny. So like they really are a group that had it all because like hosting is not easy, you know, Um, even just a reading dialogue, you know, like that's acting. People might not look at it like that, but they are. And so, you know, like some people, you know, you've seen other, you know, people try to transition into acting and, you know, they sound like their mouths are full of rocks or marble or something, but in Vogue, like, you know, they did it. They, everything they did, they really did do well. And so they also hosted um, WB night on, uh, the WB, of course, which was Warner Brothers. Remember the WBC? What happened to the WB? The WB. You remember that? Yeah, like they used um, the black audiences to get, you know, views for the network. And they tried to chop them all off. But um, there was UPN and there was a WB. And I loved them both. I loved all of those shows, really. Some were horrible, but some were really Homeboys in really Outer Space. <clears throat> I mean, Homeboys in Outer Space, it, it was, you know, it, you know, it definitely wasn't an NAACP favorite, <laughs> but, you know, it was good to see Flex. It was good to see a Different World alum, and it was definitely great to see an MMC alum, just, just one of the greatest divas of all time, Rhonda Bennett. But, um, so there was the UPN and there was a WB. And there was an in Vogue night in 1997. Um, they introduced shows that were on the WB um, during that scheduled broadcast time. Christopher B. Duncan and Jamie Foxx, of course, of the Jamie Foxx show were the hosts. So that's Braxton and Jamie, Mr. Hot in the Brig. Um, they even sang the WB Dubba song. Um, and In Vogue also appeared on the Wayne's Brothers during In Vogue night. Hey, look, guys, we just came here to apologize, man. This is just one big mistake. Yeah, come on. Honestly, we love you. Well, if you love us, then why'd you tell all those lies about us? I've been talking to my mom, and she thought I was some kind of pervert. Yeah, and that stupid little story you've been telling. Hey, shut up hey, 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 you hit me again, we gonna scrap. You ain't Bruno. <laughs> hey, we, we didn't sell no story to the National Informer. That dude took and twisted our words. And then when we tried to get a retraction from him, he said, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. So what makes it special is that Invogue is the only artist that we can recall to host events on television. The Fox event was in 93 and Invogue night on the WB was on June 18th, 1997. These hosting duties speak to Invogue's cultural importance and influence at the time. Um, in addition to Invogue's appearances in the shows previously mentioned, the group also appeared on A Different World. Oh, here they come now. I'm the only one in the family that ended up with good eyes, but as you can see, I don't have this lovely hair. Uh, hi, I'm Ron Johnson, your Uncle Vernon's partner. I'm Faith. Hope. Charity. And I'm Henrietta. And you are? Terrified. I mean, uh, Terrell. I mean, Terrell. Uh, Pleased to meet you, I'm sure. I'm sure. And who's your friend? Oh, I'm nobody. I ain't nobody. Henrietta. Please leave him alone. Sorry. We don't get to meet many boys. (laughs) 
I guess you all have dreamed of careers as professional singers. Actually, I hope to be a pharmacist. Ooh. I'm a certified public accountant, but I also dabble in stamp collecting. <laughs> and I'm a librarian. I mean, Henrietta's the only one who ever really had an interest in entertainment. <laughs> and what in the hell do you want to be? I want to be an international superstar. <laughs> Isn't she great? JP, didn't you say this is one of your favorite episodes? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, no, I love the episode of a, a different world. It's one of my favorite shows ever in life. And in Vogue being there was I I had one critique though. I hate it at the end. <laughs> oh no. I hate it. Why you got hate oh, it? Why? How, JP, let it be. Let it be great. End, you know, <laughs> they have their big performance of "Free Your Mind." They were still in like their nerdy characters. I was like, ditch that nerdy character and give me my diva. Like, I need a diva moment. Like, they were still giving me the the. I I kind of liked that. that part. I love that they kind of were halfway there. <laughs> like, they gave them the glam, but at the end of the day, they were still church girls who were like I trying to figure them it to out. Give me diva and... fully, fully realized, but nevertheless. The only way that would have worked is like if somebody like fell, like Ron fell and hit his head and then like kind of had a dream sequence because it, I mean, it really was a progression, like from where they started out um, Faith, Hope, Charity, and Henrietta. <laughs> You know, like, couldn't see anything, you know, cross-eyed. I mean, they are really great actresses. They did a great job. Like, Cindy with the animated voice, Maxine with the calculator, Don, Terry. Like, they are just, you know... They like I said, all they had did all. really well. And that scene where they try to teach them how to walk... Oh, oh so my funny. God. It's when so Whitley funny. be like... When Whitley be like, work on it. <laughs> She was like, work on it. And then she was like, Dwayne, I'm getting that feeling. I'm getting that feeling. And you gotta carry her off. Do you have to carry her off? Oh my God. That is. I have the on topic, but the fact that Jasmine Guy never won an Emmy for her role on A Different World is a crime against humanity. That was hilarious. Yes, I agree. They they were cut up on that show. And I think that that shows in this episode, too. This episode was silly. Like, it. You know, different world kind of would go into a topical place too, but like this mm-hmm. episode was like really like everybody just kind of like went in and decided they were gonna have fun with it. So it was great. A I fave. love that episode. Every time it comes on, like if I'm home, I'm gonna watch it. Well, we can't forget about the theme song for Hanging with Mr. Cooper that Invogue recorded. Um, they were also featured in the opening credits, which I mean, I remember as a kid thinking like, oh my God, they're everywhere. I was in heaven. Those were the days. Well, that's crazy because I feel like, well, I don't know, because now folks are everywhere, too, but it just doesn't resonate as much. You know what I mean? Well, I think there there weren't as many real stars. Like, I don't know. I feel like being a star then versus now is different. Like, back then, I think when you were a star, you were like a star. Now, it's like everyone feels the same because I think everyone can... You know, you can be on social media today and then you're a celebrity tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's so much content. Like back then, like, of course there was cable, but cable wasn't popping like it was now. And then there, there was definitely no streaming, no Netflix. If you wanted to watch you something, to like you had to watch it. Well, there was VCRs, but 
Yeah, but if you, if you, you know, you had a janky VCR or you didn't have one, like, you know, you had to be there. It wasn't, you know, going to be, oh, you know, I'm going to watch this on YouTube, you know, when I feel like it. Like, there was just like that kind of urgency, like, ooh, like, yeah, we're going we we're gonna to watch this game. You know, like, even with the Super Bowl, like, I knew, like, if I didn't see it when it was on, like, I'll, I'll just go to YouTube. Or I'll even just go to Twitter and see it. But like, like, that doesn't that didn't exist then. There wasn't thousands and thousands of shows, definitely not on network television and shows like, you know, like a, probably a low rated show is getting like 10 million. There was actual broadcasting. There's no broadcasting now. So it is, I see what you mean. Like now everything is kind of more, I don't want to say niche because it's not necessarily niche, but it's fragmented if anything. And so even people in my household, like, you know, I don't have to watch what they watch. Like we could all be watching something different it's just that's the way to, that's you know you there's no must see TV anymore yes yeah the the girls are starless, starless. <laughs> that's what Nini said <laughs> the girls are starless you guys want to go to our letters let's I do it go to the letters our friend Justice is back he says hey y'all <laughs> Justice hey, here. Justice. Welcome back and congratulations again on a new season. I'm going to try to keep this letter short since Thank the you. last one was so long. First, <laughs> first things Thank first, you. I'm going to come out the gate and say, y'all ain't have to drag my poor little fan cast like that, but it's okay. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> no, we had to, Justice. Um, Jordan <laughs> Sparks. Jordan Sparks. He says, I'm a full-blown casting director for this project in my mind, so my choices have changed over 50 times since the last letter. Second to Mr. Matan. Well, that's good to know. Having... Oh, what? Mr. Having an A-list actor. M-A-T-A-N, Having an A-list actor or actress doesn't always equal the best results nor a good performance. Viola Davis as Michelle Obama, anyone? Now, Touché. why is Viola Touché. in it? Why we have yeah, to put exactly. Viola in it? <laughs> See, Justice is starting mess. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 because wait, wait, wait. So you said M A T A M A T A. Justice, are you trying to address he addressed me? You. <laughs> he read, he read, he read. Okay, you wrote so you. first. <laughs> okay, so let yeah. me say this then, Mr. Jax. Wait, let me not say your last name. I know your last name. You said your last name before, so I don't know why you just justice now. Um, and I don't know if this is like the beginning, like the origin story of a villain where you're going to start, you know, trying to write hate mail or something. Not but, the origin uh, story. Wait, you, <laughs> to me, but, um, I, Viola Davis is Michelle Obama, anyone. The reason why you could say Michelle Obama, Viola Davis, and we know what you're talking about is because Viola Davis is a star. Like, I'm sure there have been some horrible portrayals of Michelle Obama and Obama and all kind of other historic figures that you um, could reference, but nobody would know what you were talking about. So even if Viola Davis, I haven't seen it. I love Viola Davis. She's from South Carolina. You know, I have family out there. I've said that before. So shout out to Viola. I don't know why Justice is turning into Jaguar right and trying to drag you. Jaguar uh, Justice. Justice Jaguar. Um, I don't know why you're trying to drag Viola. My whole point is that like Will Smith as Muhammad Ali that was horrible I saw that like that speech pattern was horrible but he got an Oscar for it right Justice he didn't like, get no Oscar for Muhammad Ali he money. got a nomination an Oscar he nomination got no- he, got he got nominated yeah but I mean to be a terrible and get nominated he got nominated because he's Will Smith and that's my whole point my whole point is like if you could get an A-lister 
that's prestige, that's the views, award season. So it's not just going to be a hit it and quit it justice. That's my point. So you're saying it doesn't always equal the best results nor a good performance. But the reason why, you know, Viola Davis did so bad is because it's Viola, or allegedly, I didn't say it, that's what you said. It's because she's a star. Like I said, like, like if it was a Lifetime movie and it was, you know, um, who, I don't know, um, Jordan Sparks. Like, we wouldn't even know because nobody would care, but we care because it's Viola. So that's my point. I think you get my point now. I want A-list because A-list, it brings in it's at least attention. It's like with the Michael Jackson movie, they have um, his nephew playing him. Like, that already took me out of it. I don't want to see Iago Jackson play Michael Jackson. Like, at, at the very least, get a newcomer who's an actor. I don't like the stunts. Get me an A-lister. Get me a budget. Get me a director. Get me Zendaya. And that's all I'll say. Oh, but there's more. He has more to say. There's more. Uh, Jordan Sparks. Jordan Sparks, we love you. We don't mean no shade. <laughs> Do we love her? Okay. <laughs> um, thirdly, he says, it's not my fault you sleeping on the newer talent in TV shows. Here, See, he's going in catch on up, us. Buttercup. No, he's going in on you. Catch up, Buttercup. <laughs> By the way, um, Harrison Guardilio is Afro Latina, Jamaican, and Cuban, so she's black. Google is free, y'all. Ooh, red you. justice. See, I told you, you becoming a villain. <laughs> now, as- <laughs> Did you write this with a grimace on your face, Justice? Were you mad when you wrote this letter? As Google is free. As far as Maxine. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know. As far as Maxine's new songs, Colors of the World, I need to hear the full studio version to better judge it. As for Not Your Freak, I agree. There, There's a good song in there that has potential to be a bop, but the mixing needs to be cleaned up. I can see it being played on P-Valley. Imagine Max making a guest appearance performing this with the girls. Going in on this track, that would be a moment for sure. This is where I'm going to wrap it up. I hope it wasn't too long this time. For real though, I love y'all. Keep up the good work for the craze and I can't wait for the next episode. Bye. <laughs> I feel like Justice tried to read me. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> mm, okay, you know what, Justice? That's fine. I'll let you have that. Um, but your list was horrible. But like you said, you, you're taking heed and taking direction because you said it changed about 50 times. So I'll take that as a step in the right direction and go on to our next letter from A.W. We have A.W.'s back in the building. A.W. is in the house and he says, hey, guys, Fan Clubber's Choice Awards goes to you. Why, thank you. Fire show. And thanks for narrating my letter. It's good to be heard even through the bombardment of reads and ridicule lol well i mean you said you just wanted a compilation and we're trying to you know be creative and pick songs so what you know but see but that's what i'm saying like it's not so much reads and ridicule it's just that we want you to do better and look you gave us a great list at the beginning of the show that's what it's about right you know okay (laughs) josh thanks josh we team impartial oh now he knows my name okay (laughs) okay (laughs) Thanks, Josh. We team impartial, but don't do Dawn. Why? What can, okay, can somebody please tell us what exactly it is we're doing to Dawn? Like, what do we do? We just discuss her like we discuss everything else. What is all this don't do it with Dawn? Like, what exactly is so, um, you know, inflammatory? <laughs> I just am cracking up that AW calls you your little dog. Doesn't call you a <laughs> at all. <laughs> Well, you know, 
A.W. and I, we kind of go back on the YouTube days. Like, you know, like we are kind of attack dogs for in Vogue, uh, you know, for years, really, oh, like up in I the comments, that. you know. So I know A.W. So A.W. is all love, um, you know, and I am your little dog, too. Thank you for looking at uh, my channel. I have a lot of great content. But okay, so now you're addressing me, your little dog, too. No coinage necessary. Do you, my dude? Champ. Uh-huh. We can do it battle. I got runs too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> JP, I hear you, playa. I listened while at work. Just got off and napped and probably sipped a little something. And about to review. Later, nice teas. Okay. AW AW. All right. Like, AW. Kind of like written in a riddle or something. Um, <laughs> I, I, we'll try to maybe decode that uh, at some other time. But thank you for the letter. Thank you for listening. Yes. So now we have an email from Lynn. Lynn says, Hey, Evie boys, been a listener of the podcast since season one, and every episode cracks me up. LOL. This may be controversial, but I'm very curious to know everyone's perspectives. As much as I love In Vogue, I have to say they have been looking a little tired recently. (laughs) Okay, we're going into territory here. It's starting. (laughs) The vocals aren't doing it like they used to, and I know with time, their voices won't be the same. The routines aren't giving as much, and some of the outfits are questionable. I feel that In Vogue should take some time off for for some much-needed rest, or even look for another member, an old member, to help distribute the work. Surely they must have made some major coins with that tour last year, which could financially help with some time off. Mariah Carey did it. Well, in 2019-20, when she rarely performed and came back stronger than she'd ever been in years. It just makes me sad how much their vocals have slipped recently. Like, Cindy is struggling to sing Hold On and Terry's belting. What happened there? Excited to know your takes on this and can't wait to listen to the upcoming activities. Lynn. Thanks for the letter, Lynn. Lynn. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, a messy letter at that. It's not messing. I just gotta, I just gotta say, I, I think we have to be more this is me playing Switzerland, so I'm going to get my Switzerland out of the way so y'all can go in because I know you're about to go in. Um, <laughs> I think we have to give grace sometimes because it is a lot to ask an artist to sing songs the same way that they've sang it since they started this, their careers. I, Mariah Carey is a great example. Mariah Carey uh, is really, really... I can't imagine being asked to sing Vision of Love or uh, Hero or some of these big songs over and over and over again, and my voice still remained the same. So uh, voices change, which Lynn does say in the letter, so I think we have to acknowledge that, the voices change. And sometimes that means we have to switch the arrangements up. Sometimes that means we have to give mm-hmm. less. I think there was an interview where, I guess it was Terry said that Rona taught her how to sing in a way that her, could help her preserve mix. her voice. Right, but if you think about it, Rona came so late that Terry had been probably singing differently for so long that wasn't actually preserving her voice for what it was. So I think that like there's, unfortunately, I think we are where we are because we're dealing with singers who have been singing for decades and decades all of their lives pretty much. And so um, that's that on the vocals. I think what I look forward to all the time when it comes to artists who are um, whose voices have changed is the new material because the new material is where they get to play around with what the strengths are in their voice right now. So I think we're always going to compare when, when we're listening to something and we, you know, the, 
the reference is something that we're so we love or so beloved. But the new material is where people can sort of show out with what makes sense for their voice now. So I really love that. Um, and the rest of it, like, you know, with the routines and, um, you know, clothes, whatever. I chalk that up to they need to get on the road and make the coin and they're doing one off shows and that's what is going to get the bills paid and they don't need to show out. And they showed out when it, when it makes sense. They go on TV, they're going to show out. When they go on, you know, New Kids on the Block, they upped it. But, you know, these little one-off shows and stuff that we get footage of, uh, I don't think we're going to see the the all the investment go into it. But yeah, what do y'all think? I'll say, I mean, I agree with Lynn. And it's due to when you do something so much... And you're a fan like me, like, I want to see something different. Like I like I said, if I'm the type of person who's going to see you every year, you're not an artist that kind of like tours, like, okay, this is the Renaissance tour. And so I'm going to be touring again in 2023. And then you probably won't see me in concert until, you know, a couple of years later. Um, to be an act that's constant, constantly on the road and, you know... Like if I'm like a casual person or just like, oh yeah, I'm going to like this kind of 90s show and there's like eight acts on the bill and one of them is in Vogue and oh yeah, in Vogue did great, you know. Um, that's one thing. But like for the people that are like the True Blue fans and we're watching and it's, you know, nothing really changes. Like the hair is always pulled back in the ponytail, Cindy and Terry. The set list doesn't really change. You might add a song or something, but like the arrangements don't change. And then, you know, the voices are not able to deliver the songs. That is concerning to me. I do love that, you know, they've kept the In Vogue name, the In Vogue brand going. But then at a certain point, it becomes like a car where just the more mileage, the more mileage. Like if you're not constantly doing repairs and making adjustments, then it's just going to become run down. And so um, in that regard, I would like to see the arrangements change. For instance, she just mentioned Hold On, um, that acapella part you know, maybe they need to rework the harmonies, the the actual, you know, song, the dun dun, like I would say speed up the tempo. So maybe I don't have to, you know, Cindy is not trying to do so many runs. Maybe like add, like I remember a long time ago, I said maybe they could add Just Hold On, We're Going Home by Drake, it, by Drake in because it kind of just has kind of like that same feel like the baseline's like play with the music, make it fun, make it exciting, do something different regarding the look. I mean... I don't even think clothes really need to be that expensive. Like, I do like luxury. I love luxury clothing. I like to see, you know, um, Hulk Couture and all of that stuff. But like Champ talked about in one of the episodes, like, maybe change the silhouette a little bit. Uh, like, the Pointer Sisters, like, they came out going to secondhand stores and taking furs from their mother's friends. Like, um, and like, they their look, you know, even though it was probably very um, inexpensive, it was notable. And so I'm just saying... I would just like to see a little bit more creativity, even with the merchandise. The merchandise is just like that logo that they use is so tired now. Not the iconic one, but the one they use, it kind of looks like it's, you know, they went into Microsoft Word and were like, oh, Calibria Body, Ariel. Well, we'll just use whatever this one is. Like, it doesn't even look professional to me. Which logo is that? have to act like Metallica. The one on the new merchandise, like the in the one that's on Electric Cafe. So it's not the like the one on Bucky Divas are born to sing. It's not the one from E V three, but it's like oh, it's really yeah, cheap, you know, yeah, basic font. And they thought they were they thought they were jazzing it up a bit, man. <laughs> 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 we gonna put some metallics on it. Well, I'm trying to 
I guess what I'm trying to say and where I well yeah italics bolded don't <laughs> underline it though that's a dead giveaway that it's really um, not professional but what I guess what I'm trying to say is like um, I get that touring is their bread and butter so they probably don't want to put too much money up and I know like rehearsing a band and like doing all those changes it does cost but like still like I, I think a little bit more needs to be put into their shows and I know I've gone on and on and on and on and on but I do agree um with you that like they need to infuse something in and it's the last thing I'll say is that um just randomly like Sister Sledge came onto my feed yesterday because I guess they performed the national anthem it's only one of the original members and I guess like um like maybe some of their children or something because it was like Sister Sledge and Legendary or something they did this version of the national anthem. I won't say whether I not, whether or not I liked it, but I'll just say that, like, I mean, I don't know how it is if you start adding people and all, like, I don't think they need to do that. I just think they need to, you know, be a little bit more creative with, um, you know, their set list, with their arrangements. Um, we do some of the vocals. Um, and, but I agree, Lynn. I agree with you. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I'm not a, a, a singer, so I don't know. What it's like to have to sing and tour and do all of that, but I feel like vocal rest is ne- is necessary because vocally they don't sound as great as they used to. Um, but is it vocal rest? Because and see, and people are probably going to say I do too much with um, Don, but I'm not. I'm like. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but it's fairly new, probably not even a month old, where she like it's, she's doing a six-day vocal transformation. Have y'all seen that Mm-mm. video? What's going on with it? And it's like, it's basically, like, to me, like, her facial expressions are changes, but her voice is not really changing. It's like, she sounds the same, but like, to her, she heard a difference. She's working with this vocal coach, um, and like, you know, because she was saying like, you know, it hurts when she sings certain things. And she doesn't really perform that much unless we just don't know. So I think it's like what Josh said. It's a lot of it is technique. And if you remember like Don in the very beginning of the group, like when they were, um, you know, touring with probably like Cameron, Freddie Jackson, she developed polyps and Mariah has polyps. Mm-hmm. So, and that's because of their technique. So like you can probably still rest a lot, but it's not going to, um, you know. Well, I think even, I think even with polyps, I think rest will like, reduce that can help with the swelling of the size of the polyps but but i don't know something vocally is happening i I know a lot of it has to do with age but i just think about people like patty labelle and gladys knight who patty i'm hearing a difference in patty today but right and that i started noticing patty's vocal change maybe in the last three years i would say but before that, Patty could still hit all the notes and, you know, do it full chest. Gladys can still give you full chest. So I don't know if, if it's the tech. Her voice is anointed. Yeah. So maybe it's the technique, something they, it needs to be evaluated because they're too young to, to kind of be, you know, sounding but the do way you they think do. It's because sometimes. <laughs> I, I feel you, but like, do you think it's because like maybe they don't really have to, like, because I guess what I'm trying to get at is like a lot of the people seeing them like at the mixtape tour, they're not necessarily there to see in Vogue. They're not like a me or a you. And like, I'll just give this example. Like when I watch a clip of Elton John now, like I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. But then you might have fans who are fans of his since the seventies that have seen him live when he was at his peak. And they're like, oh, if you knew what he sounded like, that right. he sounds horrible mm-hmm. now. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, like they, 
or don't really have to do their, you know, best and push pull out and all this stuff. Because, like, people who aren't that familiar with them, like, they're so light years ahead of what's out currently. Like, the current So, you artist. mean they sound fine like, for, like, casual listeners? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, people aren't being that critical. Like, the mixtape tour, like, people are raving about their voices. Like, oh, my God, the vote looks so good. They sounded so good. You know Yeah, I mean, saying? I don't think they sound bad, per se, but I just, I think when you think about the quality of how they, how we know they sounded initially to now, it just doesn't feel like the transition is as smooth as and i agree but i'm saying like do you think like it really like if some if somebody really sat there like they had like an md who's really going over like no do it again do it again i don't think there's that kind of um that feedback anymore so like you can go in and you know most people are just there because you know they were at the casino that night and wanted something to do (laughs) you know you know Yeah, or the county fair. I'm not even trying to be funny, but like that's, you know, like it's even like concerts now or maybe events. And so we're more so fans like they really don't have to do that much. Whereas like Patty and Gladys, of course, they're, they're you know, like they kind of have a reputation, like Invoke has a reputation too. But I'm just saying like since, uh, you know, like Patty LaBelle, they're, uh, Gladys Knight, Gladys Knight just got a Kennedy Center under like they're legends. Like people are going to, you know, there's just this expectation where it's in Vogue, I think, um, people might not always be there to necessarily see them. Like, that's not the primary reason they're at an Invoke show or they're seeing Invoke perform. So it's like, well, why should I be pushing myself, like, to the limit and being horse, you know, for this show at, you know, and I'm, you know, one of five acts or something like, you know, could get I vibes. think that's smart. I think if if I'm trying to preserve my voice and I am on a... And on, I'm performing at a show where I'm one of many acts, then, yeah, I'm probably going to do what I can to hit the note or get there, but I'm not going to like, so go in ham. recent years though, when, when they've been on TV, have, have they wowed you? Like, have you noticed the difference between vocally what they do on a televised performance versus what they do on, you know, a concert? Well, well like I with, think there's, uh, there's vocally, but then I think there there was also the critique that sort of like, you know, from a choreography perspective or like, you know, and so what I think about is the billboard performance that happened a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And one could argue, perhaps allegedly, speculatively, that maybe it was a track. I don't know. All I know is that it sounded great. But what I really took away from that performance was the energy. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had and the like the way they moved around that stage and the way they dominated like that space especially to have no audience, I was like, oh, they're showing out. Like, and that was a sort of a a refreshing moment for me as a fan because I was like, oh, they still got it. Like, they could still tear up a stage and give me a performance. So I think it's there. I just think they have to be selective now versus maybe, you know, when you're in your... When you're in your 20s, you can kind of like do that all the time. <laughs> you're going to be just as good and you can wake up and do it again. I just think they have to preserve when it matters the most. And I think that's smart. I agree with that. And just to what you said earlier about like it's the new stuff. Like now, Cindy, I would say with Rocket, like when they did Wendy, like that, her upper register is just so pristine. Like when, you know, that, and I, because I can't do it, but, um, and you got me so high. 
what? Like when she goes right. up, like just the clarity is so beautiful. So like if they have new stuff that's just, you know, more laid back like that and she can just kind of be in that area, like she's totally fine. Like her tone is, you know, like the belting stuff, like that takes a lot out of you. So maybe they would kind of avoid that. But like the tone is not compromised. Now, Terry... There's like from way back in the craze days, they've always just been this kind of like, oh my god, what's happening to Terry's voice? Is Terry's voice okay? Yeah, that be and then crack- she come back, snap, crackling and popping. <laughs> but then you know, then she'll come back, and sometimes she will hold that hold on note for a long time. But it do it does snap, crackle and pop, and there's always been that kind of thing like, is Terry's voice okay? What's happening to Terry's voice? So um, on that Wendy Williams performance, like I didn't think she was doing anything particularly difficult, but her voice was shaking a lot. Remember, like she was like looking at the sky at night, and I remember someone on Instagram like was being very critical on her page, which I thought was so rude. But Terry responded, she was like, "Yeah, you know, I wasn't at my best, you know, on that performance." So oh my god, they said that on her page. That is so mean. Yes, and she responded. She responded like some people are actually very rude to them. I don't particularly care for that because there was another. Well, I'm not even gonna say what the other lady said, but that particular one Terry responded to, and I think she kind of knew that she was on her A game. But sometimes her voice is shaky. Like there's this one performance, um, or there's this one clip on YouTube where she's doing wherever you are, and it's like the tone isn't bad, but there's just like this like shakiness. So that, that who has to no. That has to be hard as a singer though, when this is what you do. And I mean, she knows her voice better than we ever will. So I'm no, I know she can tell when it's not her best. So I'm sure that's like a difficult, you know, mm-hmm. thing to kind of deal with when you can tell your voice is changing and you feel like you don't have any control of it. But I know Terry has been in like vocal training. She's talked about her vocal coaches over the years and stuff. So I guess mm-hmm. brother day. Yeah. So I wonder, does she have like polyps or anything? Or is that something that she's disclosed? She never said anything about having polyps, but if I, there was an interview where uh, SWV, it was the the Funky Divas podcast and SWV was on. And I remember Tosh saying something about how she got, was it lymph nodes? She got something removed. Mm-hmm. Like she got some kind of vocal cord surgery and Terry was like, seemed very interested in it. Um, so I don't know, but like her technique, maybe like a lot of things do come down to technique, but then too, like just, you know, being a human, being a woman, like, you know, maybe you could hormonal issues and stuff that don't even necessarily relate to the voice but you know the voice is all it's so pliable that anything that happens to us is going to be the first thing that you know uh, affects us whether or not like we're sick then we're hoarse or whether or not like my foot's in pain then I'm kind of like oh you know like it like everything affects the voice like there's you know like if you're you know you see somebody you like you know your voice might get a little bit or it might get a little bit higher like you know what I'm saying like the voice is just so pliable so sometimes it might not even be a vocalist it could be other things that you just trying to push through which goes to Lynn's point that maybe they are on the road too much you know and it would be nice if they were like a prestige act where you know like a Shirley Bassey where you come out and do a command performance you know one song like you know uh, a Jennifer Holiday, they you know they'll follow you all the way around the world for you just to do and I'm telling you I'm not going and you make you know somebody's touring money for a year in that one performance that I would love that for them well, I mean, if they still did a few dates here and there, but, you know, but they're doing full shows so many weekends out of the week. Right. And so that, yeah. you know. That's, that is a know. lot on the voice. Like, I really do think, like, I'm, I don't know their financial situation, but I really do think getting the vocal rest would, would be helpful just so that they're not always on the road. And, and, and like being tired, that impacts your voice. 
you know, mm-hmm. being jet lagged, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. So, ladies, we, want you, to, a, um, we want you to rest yourselves and be your best. There was a really interesting. I've been really kind of following uh, Shania Twain's kind of like vocal journey oh, yeah. because yeah. she had, um, I think she had Lyme disease. Yeah. Or, and so she lost from she and it turns out it was undiagnosed for almost a decade and she she was like something's wrong with my voice but didn't know what was really happening until it was way too late and it really sort of like messed her voice up and she actually just i think between her last album which came out like maybe six seven years ago and the one that she just dropped last week um, she had another surgery on her vocal cords where she said they basically had to go in and add implants. She had to sing while they had the surgery going. So they had to see where the, it was nothing wrong with her cords. It was the sort of, uh, things on the side that she had to have, um, replaced or, or repaired or an implant to sort of make up for something that had been damaged. I think it was nerve damage from Lyme's disease. Anyway, wow. I just think it's fascinating. Um, and she talks about it really like transparently. Uh, there's a great interview with her and, um, on Apple, on the Apple music YouTube channel with Zane. Um, but what's the biggest takeaway is that she's like, there's a newness to my voice. There's a, I had to relearn my voice in a new way because the songs that I used to sing don't sound the same now that I sing them. And so I have to still enjoy and find ways to sing those songs. But it's also interesting because I have a new voice and I get to play around with it differently on new songs, which is why mm. like her new album is really interesting. And sonically, it sort of fits her voice. It's deeper, it's richer, it's grittier, which means the songs change, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm also kind of, and Mariah did the same thing. I think when you listen to that Caution album, it's really a lovely listening experience because she's singing in a range that feels natural and strong for her right now where she is in her life. And so that's really low. It's lower. It's like bigger. Yes, it's belty when it needs to be, but it's a lower belt. And so I'm just, I, I really am curious with new music and with new things, how they might work their voices to be, um, different and how maybe they might switch up who's singing and what, you know, who's singing what vocal part or whatever it is. Um, it could be kind of exciting for the new stuff, but I do, I, it is it, challenging. It sounds like old, you agree with Lynn stuff. that they need to add a new person to carry some of the weight. No, that nobody, sounds like nobody uh, got anywhere near that. <laughs> is there a fourth co-host that said something? Cause I don't know. <laughs> yes, Lynn, we can occur. <laughs> Ooh, we asterisk with JP. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks, Lynn, for the letter. That's great. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you so much, AW, and even you, Justice. Even though you tried to read me, Justice, I want you to. I actually want you to come on now. I want you to come on the show now, so we can, you know, we can a battle royale. Sit and talk. Yeah, maybe, okay. Maybe. Okay. We'll just, it'll just be a. Ch- we'll just chat a little bit. Since you, you know, you, Mr. Matan, you can talk to Mr. Matan. <laughs> Google is free, Matan. <laughs> so before we go, we do have our rare track of the day, um, and it is Flowers, produced and arranged by Foster McElroy. This was recorded with Cindy, Terry, and Amanda. Amanda. 
it was originally recorded by The Emotions in 1976. What do you guys think about this classic track? I think The Emotions uh, track is classic. <laughs> um, I will say, like, Cindy sounded beautiful. I love, I was just talking about her voice, like, I love her upper register. And I really wish, like, she would get a song, like, um, you know that song by Sixpence None, The Richer, Kiss Me, where it's just, like, you know, guitars and her voice is just kind of a lilting and floating through a song. So, she sounded great. Um, the harmonies were, you know, they were admirable. Like, I can't say anything necessarily negative about them. They didn't blow me away. It's just, um, you know, we did a whole album talking about covers. And um, then in the, for the first episode, we were talking about covers. I just think, like, when something gets true to, to, so, too true to the original, what's the point of even doing it? Like, you know, like, you could have, you know, I, I just don't, I didn't see the point. And then the production, um, it didn't even sound like a drum machine and a Casio keyboard. It sounded like popsicle sticks and a rubber band. Like, I don't know how something could come out, like, 30, almost 30 years later and sound more dated than the original. dissect it for a quick second i think vocally i think it's fine i think it's actually it's very beautiful like it's hard to do the emotions no not many people could do the emotions justice and i think that vocally they did they did the thing and i just i love that song so much so i there's a universe where any version of it will make me happy just because it's such a good song but i do think that it's very time and place it was produced in a way that was very of that moment and so it has not aged well. And I think the production feels hollow and it, it lacks a, a depth or a soul to it. I think that was maybe how what they were going for at the time. I think that was maybe the approach. Oh, I love that description. It's so apt. I love it. <laughs> hollow, yes. It's just, you know, there's there's no grit to it. There's no like thump to it. It's just not, It's it misses the mark there for me. But hearing In Vogue do the emotions on a record is very pleasing to my ears. Shout out to Cindy, Terry, and uh, Alyssa. Amanda. Matan is on extra level shade this evening. I <laughs> kind of popsicle sticks and rubber bands has completely like sent me to the moon. Now, I haven't even gone to the emotions and I, I don't know who wrote flowers. Was it Maurice White, JP? Mm-hmm. I don't know, sure. but I'm sure there was like, there was some kind of live instrument in there. And I mean, like, everything they did was live. So see, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you, how, why would you do them and not use any live instruments? And then the instruments you do use, like, I, it couldn't have been an 808. I don't know what kind of, um, if it was a drum machine, if you, it, it just, it, the production. And then of course, like just not taking any liberties with the harmonies or doing anything different. But I love that note to here at the end. 
Um, but yeah, um, you know, it's it just it's a no for me. I'm. It's been a lot of no. Can we do a word track? That's a not a no. But I guess it's just the era that we're in. We're in the 2000s now. So all the rare tracks are probably going to be a no. Um. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what the next one will be because we have reached the conclusion of this episode, friends. Oh, wow. Stream part of us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, and most of your other podcasting apps and platforms. For more In Vogue related content, find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at In Vogue Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions, we love them questions, email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. Thank you, friends. We miss you, champ. We miss you, champ. And we will see y'all see next on the next episode. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invoke and chat with other fans by visiting Invoke Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invoke Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and Invoke Fancast is not endorsed by Invoke, E1 Music, or Invoke Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective copyright holders. We also have a letter from uh, Adubaya. A-W. Um, oh. Adubaya, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like that song. I was like, what? Yes. I thought he was of um, African heritage. Okay. <laughs> A-W. Speaking of the Super Bowl, I'm sorry. Did y'all see Rihanna's halftime performance? I liked it. It don't say nothing bad about Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna is my, okay. my I loved Rihanna. I was so, I am shocked. Matan, I am shocked at this. I am you didn't shocked. You know I was a Rihanna fan? This. No. I I just don't even Rihanna. see Rihanna being the type of girl you would be into. Like, cause you typically have very high standards with your musical choices. I mean, I'm not, not saying that. Wait, you, oh, yeah. t- you, t- you typically have such high standards. Wait, wait, not saying Rihanna's bad. I like Rihanna a lot. I was quite disappointed in this performance, but I do enjoy Rihanna. And we're back. We're back. And we are here to discuss the results from the poll that we had asked all of our listeners to participate in around which covers album was their favorite. We had quite a few, and the results are in. And these results are questionable, so I don't know. (laughs) I have a few questions, but okay. Um, We'll say last place was Matan. Yes, yes, yes. And as a tie, I guess, for second place? Is that how that goes? Yes. As a tie for second place, there is myself and JP... I feel like there was a disservice. I feel like we should have been tied for number one. <laughs> I feel like, first of all, I feel like we are the Kelly Rowlands of the group based on this poll. <laughs> the second lead singers. <laughs> the second lead vocalist. Um, and so that means Champ, 
uh, got most of the votes. Yes. Shout out to Champ. Champ gave us the classics. There was lots of classics on Champ's list. So it was giving, you know, karaoke countdown. Uh, <laughs> Champ was going to read for filth. <laughs> it was giving a little, you know, the karaoke, you know, down to the bar with the Honda cars. Champ is not here to defend himself. You can't do this to him. But no, it was really cool being able to do this, though. And I think this is one of my favorite things that we've done thus far is sort of imagine imagining that kind of an album so thanks to the folks who voted which is really cool that people actually participated in the in the poll even if you got it wrong but we'll forgive you (laughs) clearly now do you think the ladies are going to take our advice are they going to cover any of the songs we selected because if they're if we see them on instagram or something doing a little you know cover of of you know, one of our suggestions, I feel like that means we're influencers. Impact. We're influencers. (laughs) Cut the check. Cut the check. (laughs) I would hope so. I mean, honestly, I think to your point, when we were talking about boys to men and that sort of Motown boy band, like boy band sort of thing that they were trying to do with the Mm -hmm. Vegas show, whatever, I think it's to their benefit to maybe have a, have a covers moment. Like, let's figure it out. All right, you guys heard it here first. Invoke will be doing covers album, <laughs> and they will be, <laughs> and they will be taking our suggestions. Yes, yes, twenty twenty three, the year of the cover. <laughs> we will see. We will see. 